Hey, I'm Yen, aka Yen Ceramics, and I am here to help you live your life by your own unique creative code. These episodes will be all about conscious conversations on all things creativity, confidence, finding your state of genius, and unpacking the paradigms that are keeping creatives stuck in a state of struggle. Here we will celebrate contradictions, embrace individuality, support you in finding your style and your voice, and share conversations with friends to dive even deeper into all of the juicy things. You'll walk away from each episode with tangible tips and truth bombs that will help you pave your own path, utilize your creative license, and find confidence as an artist. I am so excited to have you here, so let's dive right in. Hey, 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 how is it going? I am creating an episode today that I'm pretty excited to share, to be honest. Um, This has been in the works for a while because I didn't want to record this episode until I felt like I really knew what I was talking about. You know, I don't like to share things that I can't confirm that I have had great success with myself or have experienced myself. You know, I love to show up with full honesty and transparency. And so today's episode... I have been working on for a while. And so today's topic is how to make money as an artist. I feel like it's a really big topic and chances are I will share other episodes in future that kind of spin off of this a little bit. But for now, I want to chat about this as kind of an overall thing, as a broader topic especially because it is a topic that makes a lot of people super uncomfortable. And I kind of love diving into the things that make us kind of squirm a little bit because money is still not really something that gets talked about super openly. You know, people are kind of scared to talk about their finances and stuff in amongst even just close friends. People can get very uncomfortable talking about the amount of money that they earn and how they're making it and all that kind of stuff. And for whatever reason, that is still the case, be it from shame of not being where they'd like to be financially or not wanting to make friends or family who earn less or more money uncomfortable or because they feel like it's something that shouldn't be spoken about openly. Whatever the reason is that that may be the case, If you are a creative, especially a creative running your own business and talking about money makes you uncomfortable, then this is a must listen episode because even if you aren't comfortable chatting with family and friends about money, I do feel like this episode is going to be very important for you if you run a creative business because I'm going to chat very specifically about making money as an artist and that is a very tender area for a lot of artists because having grown up around a lot of artists I have witnessed many of them feel like artists can't make any money that artists are always going to need a day job and your art will always be a side business or a hobby or whatever other old paradigm shitty story you have going on about how artists are always poor you know we've got kind of the poor artist paradigm and the struggling artist stories if you have ever bought into any of those then please I encourage you to keep listening because there are going to be some 
gold nuggets of wisdom in here for you. And so personally, I have found that those in my circle that don't want to talk about money are usually those who are in the creative industry in some capacity. And when I have dug deep to find the primary reason and the kind of key thread running between all of the answers that I've heard over the years from people doing different things in the art world, it generally always comes back to the struggling artist story that I just mentioned. Now, I haven't ever really shared all that much about my upbringing on social media or in this podcast because until now it hasn't ever really been super relevant, but I do feel like my story and the people that have surrounded me as I was growing up, it's actually a really great place for me to start with this topic. And so I grew up about an hour west of Byron Bay in Eastern Australia and our the, the biggest town nearby where I live is kind of known throughout the whole region and in a lot of places around the whole country as a place that attracts a lot of colourful and creative characters. And my dad was one of them. My dad moved up to this town called Lismore in the 90s to study music and was shortly followed by my mum. And so my entire life I have watched my dad make his living from music and he's played in numerous bands over the years and taught guitar privately privately through a number of local institutions and a lot of our family friends have been musicians alongside him they've been in bands that he's played in um they've been art teachers I mean my godmom she taught me art in high school so I've kind of been surrounded by both friends and family who are either artist musicians or teaching one of the two And out of all of them, my dad is actually the only one that doesn't have a day job. Oh, I say quote unquote day job. So my dad's day job is technically teaching music. And then on the weekends, he goes and plays gigs at the local pubs. But when I say teaching music, I mean, he's privately, he does private tuition Whereas a lot of the other artists and musicians that I've been surrounded by growing up are actually full-time high school teachers or have some kind of more corporatized job and then they do their art for fun on their weekends or in some cases have pretty much entirely lost their art practice because they have been so busy in their day job and in life and whatever else has kind of happened on their journey And growing up, I had a lot of them tell me that, you know, my dad was the exception, not the rule. And that at some point, you're going to have to sacrifice your art in order to make a livable income so that you can support yourself and your family. And every time I somehow ended up in these conversations, whether I did it accidentally or I just got dragged in somehow because everybody knew that I was going to end up in the art industry at some point somehow every time somebody kind of spoke about making money as an artist from that old paradigm of the poor artist it made my blood boil I just got angrier and angrier and angrier to a point where 
Um, this is something I have been unpacking with my amazing NLP coach, Grace Catter. We, I do have an episode with her, so be sure to go back and listen to that if you are interested in rewriting any stories, negative stories, especially around money or anything else that comes up for you because it is so incredibly powerful. So be sure to go back and listen to that episode. I will link it in the show notes for you. And so, yeah, I've spent a lot of time unpacking that that story around artists can't make money with my coach after spending so much of my life being told by people that I really looked up to, you know, these are, these are family and close family friends that are all telling me that you can't make money as an artist without somehow sacrificing your art and going corporate. So, you know, say I wanted to be a graphic designer, you know, you can't just freelance. Freelance isn't going to work for you. You have to go big guns and end up in a corporate firm you know, there's so many shitty little things like that. And it grated on me, big time. And so I got quite stubborn, especially as I started my creative business in 2018 and was graduating from university. Uh, fun fact, I actually have a degree in design with a double major in graphic design and ceramics, in case you didn't know. And so, yeah, during that time where I was starting my business and leaving uni, I I was very, very determined to prove a point to all these people that I had grown up around that you can make a really solid living from only your art, that you can run a creative business and make enough money to not just live, but to also thrive. And, you know, maybe my determination has been to my own detriment with this at times, but it has also allowed me to really focus in on areas of my business that have taught me so much and it has led me to where I'm at now which is I run my my pottery studio full-time I do this podcast for fun to share things like this because I don't want to see other creatives go through some of the less than ideal experiences that I have had over the years in building my business and even before that, with some of the conversations that I had had with loved ones around being a full-time artist, pretty much I just don't want to see other creatives go through that if I can help it. <laughs> so if I can in some way, shape or form share wisdom that is going to help other creatives have the success that they desire, then I'm going to be one very happy artist. And so, of course, the whole point of this episode is how to make money as an artist, which is one of the reasons that I kind of set the scene a little bit by sharing some of my backstory and my history and what it was like for me growing up, because I want to tell you basically right now that I have broken free of a lot of that old paradigm, bad money story stuff. You know, I'm past that point of going, oh my gosh, it's going to be so hard for me to ever make money as an artist. Like, how am I ever going to survive? All that kind of stuff, because that is the old paradigm. That struggling artist story, that poor artist stuff, that's, that's in the past. That's old. We don't need to bring that in with us into... 2021 and 2022 as we are building our creative businesses we can break free of that because there are so many artists now that have come before us that have proven 
that it is possible. And this is something that I love about the, the teachings of Lacey Phillips for anybody who is familiar with her How to Manifest courses. She talks a lot about expanders. Expanders are basically people that you follow on social media or surround yourself by, be them friends, family, whatever else. People that you can look up to that have done something that you want to do. So you can have expanders for all different life goals that you may have. For me, my social feeds are filled with a lot of potters that are running very successful studios and making really beautiful art that I can then look at and go, yes, they are building something so similar to what I would love to build for myself. And so, yes, sometimes this can give a bit of a battle with your comparisonitis if comparisonitis is something that comes up for you a lot. But I do recommend going and having a look at even just Lacey Phillips' podcast for some manifestation teachings because there is gold to be found there. And so back to my original point that I was making is that there are people that have come before us now that have proven that artists can make a really wonderful living out of just their art. You know, it's not some pipe dream, it's actually a possibility. And so with that, I'm going to be one of the rare few that actually share some of the hows in that. You know, it's, it's all well and good for me to sit here and be like, yes, money can be made. You know, artists can have success. You don't have to always be poor and living paycheck to paycheck as an artist. You know, I want to actually sit here and share, well, how. This is actually how I have built some of that for myself. Because I know when I was first starting, I, I searched high and low for a creative who would share some more of the behind the scenes stuff and, and the how they actually built what they have built. And it really bugged me that nobody did. <laughs> and so I'm changing that. And that is a big reason that I have the Creative Code podcast. The Creative Code is this whole idea of me sharing things that are within my own Creative Code. So then you can create the code that you need for yourself in order to build whatever it is that you want to build with your creative life. That doesn't have to be a business. Obviously, this episode is about business, but you can live a beautiful creative life by your own unique creative code. And so that is one of the things that I'm trying to give insight into, I suppose, with this podcast. And so one of the key things that I had I have done, if I don't get tongue-tied, <laughs> is Etsy. Now we hear a lot about Etsy as creatives. It is a huge platform now and there are definite pros and cons to it. But as far as beginning your creative business, be it a side hustle or you're some, it's something that you're wanting to take full time, I... I feel like it's such a great starting point for so many reasons. When COVID first hit last year, I was pretty worried like a lot of other creatives and business owners. And so like many, I was researching a lot of alternative ways to make a little bit of extra money as I had zero way of knowing how things would pan out for me back in March when things kind of first hit. You know, there was definitely this fear of, oh my gosh, I've spent all this time building up my 
following and my customer base and what happens if all of my stockist shops close down and nobody keeps coming to my website and whatever else could happen. There was like a lot of fear around that time. And so I'm basically going to share with you exactly what I did <laughs> in order to help help me navigate some of those fears and anxieties that I had at the time. And so these are basically my own tried and proven tips. No bullshit, no ambiguity, none of that. Because so often I've found that creatives or creative business owners that I've looked up to come in saying that they're going to share really cool tips and advice and approach a question that a lot of other creatives are asking them, but they, they fail to tell you the how. <laughs> and they all talk about the what and the why and, you know... So when it comes to the question of making money as an artist and why we want to be making money and why we deserve to be making money, they'll share all that stuff, but they kind of sidestep around how a little bit, or they give you just a really long, boring list of things that either you've already implemented or are just not relevant to your business. And so I don't really want to do that. So... As far as me making money as an artist in the COVID days and the COVID world and the crazy that has been the last kind of year or so, there are definitely a number of bigger areas to talk about. And the first one is where to sell your work. So at this stage, I'm going to kind of come in thinking that you already have whatever it is that you make as your art You've got a bit of a basic plan of what pieces you're going to sell, whether or not you've got a marketing plan using Instagram, or if you just want to go a bit old school and do markets. Like I'm kind of coming into this thinking that you've got a little bit of an idea of what it is that you want to create and build. And so, you know, you need to consider website, marketing, and exactly where and how you're going to sell. When it comes to where and how you're going to sell, obviously markets, when COVID first hit last year, all came to a screeching halt, weren't really a thing. But that is something now that is coming back for a lot of places in Australia. And so if you are an artist and you have a local artisan market, it's definitely worth looking at because it is a great way to actually meet your customers in person and to discuss things. You know, so often when I've done markets myself, they give me valuable feedback that they probably wouldn't share had they bought something just through my website. They're picking up and holding the pieces and going, oh my gosh, I love this color or I like the way this handle feels, but I prefer like another aspect of another design that I make. There's a lot of value to be had when you get to actually personally interact with your customers. And now that that is becoming more of a possibility, definitely consider doing markets as one of your selling like you're one of your sales channels because there is gold to be had. And so that's one. Two is definitely a website or portfolio of some description. So it's going to depend so strongly on what kind of art you are selling. So depending on what kind of art it is you're selling, some things are going to fit better than others. But either way, I do feel like having a website of some description is going to be 
almost a necessity because it is a place that you can direct people to that will have all the information that they're going to need. It's kind of like a big digital business card that's filled with all sorts of links to where they can find your pieces, to any events or exhibitions that you might have going on, to where they could find your studio if you have people that come to your studio and actually see you in your space making your art. You know, websites are big digital catalogue of past work, current work, all the details that people might need. So definitely think about that. I started my business on Wix. I am currently moving my business over to another platform. Um, Squarespace is a great one. Um, and if you are focused more in e-commerce, so aka you are looking to just solely sell online or are considering that path, then I would highly recommend to have a look at Shopify because Shopify is really the most powerful e-commerce website builder setup that you can go for. And then of course we have Etsy, which I did mention just a little bit ago. And so when COVID first hit, one of the very first things that I did was I reopened my Etsy store. I started on Etsy in 2018 when I was first launching my business. I had it only as I was building my website. And then once my website had kind of established, I made the decision to close my Etsy store and just focus on channeling my Instagram followers and my markets that I was doing over into my website and just having my website be my main sales channel. And so... When COVID first hit, I was kind of freaking out, going, oh my gosh, like, I don't know what's going to happen. I have stockists. What if they close down? I'm not necessarily getting enough traffic to my website to meet those sales that I need to make in order to make the living income that I need. And so I knew that having a bigger reach through a platform such as Etsy couldn't ever be a bad thing at that time. And I decided to reopen it. And I still have it open now because it has made up such a huge portion of my retail sales in the last 12 months. Um, and so I have decided for the time being to keep my Etsy store open. I don't tend to advertise that I have an Etsy store because when it comes to my marketing on Instagram, I much prefer to still direct people to the website for a number of reasons. But as far as making those sales and those connections to possible Retailers, I have a number of wholesale clients that have found me totally through Etsy because they were looking for makers. And of course, if you're looking for makers, what better place to go to other than this giant database for people that make and sell handmade goods? And so when it comes to pros and cons of Etsy, that's obviously a big pro is it is a huge database where customers can stumble upon your work. And especially if you are nailing your listings, it can be a very easy way for customers to find you. Whereas when it comes to a website, they have to kind of know the website or you have to have your SEO coded to perfection so that you can be really easily found on Google over your competitors. And then there's obvious cons to, um, to Etsy as well, like the competition. There can be a lot of competition and competition can be found as well through your website or even at markets, especially if it is more of an artisan market, you know, chances are 
you're surrounded by people selling handmade goods. And so you always have to make sure that your work stands out in some way, shape or form. And this is where coming back to developing your own unique style and all of that kind of stuff can be really important. Really, really important. Don't underestimate developing your work. You need to balance your making and your marketing because if you're not balancing those two things and you're focusing too much on one or the other, chances are your sales will slip and things are going to not necessarily be as ideal as they could be. Another con of Etsy, of course, is that the fees are not ideal. And so... Those are some sales channels to definitely consider as far as making money as an artist. Get clear on where it is that you're going to be selling your work, how you're going to be selling your work. Because how you sell your work is one of the key things that will lead you to how it is that you make your money. And that's where obviously watching your um, analytics and having a look in the back end of the statistics on your website and your Etsy or even just kind of noting down at the market how many people dropped by your stall and then how many people out of the people that dropped by your stall actually bought something that day. There's so many different ways that you can kind of track it and see what area is making you the most money. So that's a really, really big one. The next, the next big one that I would recommend, because this is going to be key, is getting super clear on your pricing. Acknowledge that you need money to live, for starters. If you currently subscribe to the Starving Artist story that I keep going on about, um, that stops here, yeah? Because there is another way. You can be the abundant artist. And so I have a magical spreadsheet. <laughs> and it makes me feel super secure in how it is that I price my work. It confirms that my work is worth every penny and that that energy and that full body knowing that I'm pricing my work not only correctly for what it is that I sell and how I make it but it also gives me that uh, that security and that reassurance when I'm sharing pricing with clients that you know this is what it is this is how much I charge for my work end of story I have that confidence there and so I do share more about actually how you can go about pricing in my online course. So uh, like if you haven't checked that out, definitely go check that out. The creative code for launching doors are open. I will link to it in the show notes. And I literally share all of this stuff that I'm sharing in this episode and so much more, so much more because this is stuff that you need to know if you are considering starting or building or scaling your creative business. This is the stuff that you really need to to know and to be clear on. And so if you would like to see how it is that I actually go about pricing my work beyond what I share in this podcast episode, be sure to go and have a look at the Creative Code for Launching online course. It's totally self-paced, so you can move through it at the pace that suits you and your business, depending on whether or not it is currently a side hustle or something that you're turning into your full-time gig. And so this magical spreadsheet, I love it. I love it. I love it. It basically lists down all of my materials, all of my kind of processes, and it tallies up correctly how much of those materials I use and how much of what those materials I use, how much that costs me 
and it calculates it all and it spits out the number of, okay, this is how much it costs me exactly to make each piece, which then of course can be doubled, tripled, quadrupled and everything else in order to make up your your wholesale markup and your retail markup and give you a very clear indication of how much you should be charging for your work. And I'm just going to put this little note in here too. Always, always, always charge for your time. It's really easy to sit there and calculate, you know, okay, I think I used three tubes of this paint, which costs me this amount of money and this sized canvas cost me this amount of money and all of that kind of stuff. This is an estimation on the wear and tear on my paintbrushes. And then forget to charge for your time. Your time is your most valuable asset as an artist. So always, always make sure you are charging for your time and that you are always charging at a value that is aligned with how much you actually are worth as an artist as well. Don't undervalue yourself. Don't undersell yourself. Uh, general rule of thumb that I often talk about with the, the creatives that I do coach is 60 bucks an hour is actually a really great starting point because it means it's a dollar a minute. It makes those spreadsheets so easy, so, so easy. And, you know, 60 bucks an hour is going to help you create a livable income as an artist. Don't be scared to really charge what you're worth. Okay? Because you are so worth it. You really are. You are so, so worth it. Another thing too, when it comes to pricing is making sure to offer a few different price points. So I like to have some high ticket items as well as some more kind of affordable ranges. And doing this, it can be a little bit more challenging when you have a product-based business over a service-based business. When you have a service-based business, say you're a creative coach of some description, so you help people in some way, shape or form with their creativity, you can have those larger higher ticket offerings such as like one-on-one -on -one coaching compared to group courses where you don't charge as much and so you can kind of really separate those different price points a little bit more easily when you have a service-based business but you can still do this when you have a product-based business so this could be sculptural works that you charge a lot more for because they're classed more as fine art and then for functional pieces that you create maybe you charge a little bit less for and that you have an affordable range or it could be if you're a painter your prints are more of on the affordable side of things and classed as kind of your lower ticket items whereas the original artworks that you sell cost much much more you know there's a bunch of different ways that you can go about it but Ultimately, having different price points is going to help. But in saying that, always, 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 always make sure that you are still marketing towards your ideal customer or client. You need to get very clear on who it is that you're actually selling to, what it is that they want. And if you aren't sure of these things or you're having trouble kind of defining some of these things, this is a good time to consider bringing on a coach or to leverage the power of your social media. So if you have been using, say, Instagram to build a customer base or to build marketing, whatever else, use your social media following. Poll your peeps. Using polls on Instagram stories is a really, really great way to get an idea of what it is that the people that follow you on social media would love to see. 
you know, you can use it to help create new works by them telling you what color palettes to work with or what their favorite thing that you make is and why. Or to get an idea of what samples to pursue and to turn into ranges if you are a, a maker that makes samples of your work before making large quantities. There's so many things that you can do and so polling your people and getting to know your customer in that way can be a really great way to make sure that you're not only creating work for your ideal customer but you're getting to know them really really well so that when you are creating your art you can really hone in and make sure that whatever it is that you're creating will go on to sell really well. The other thing too that can help bring in an income if you are an artist is to share your knowledge and especially last year with COVID and all of the things this became a really really big area. Running online workshops or in-person workshops or to create an online course, I mean I have an online course, it is a really really great way to supplement that income especially if you create art that takes a really long time to produce, it can be a really nice way to supplement that income and to have maybe a more steady income as well in between sales by sharing sharing your knowledge with the world, having people that you teach, you know, consider that. That's definitely worth considering because you can do it outside of the more structured format of teaching at a local high school as the art teacher or at the local TAFE or whatever else there is so many ways to share your knowledge outside of that more traditional day job styled structure other things too that artists can be doing in order to bring in income and generate more income or supplement their income from their art or whatever it is that you're kind of looking at doing with your money and the way that you make money is to consider things like affiliate links. So if you have a really large social media following, consider becoming an affiliate for some of your favorite things. Sometimes your website, whoever it is that you've built your website to, if you have a large social media following, they will help you, you know, out with some of the website fees in exchange for you being an affiliate. Or maybe you've taken an online course that you loved. Talk to the person that ran that online course. Be like, hey, I would love to be an affiliate. There's a lot of ways that you can become an affiliate and have different affiliate links that can generate a nice little cushy supplement to your income. Another one, of course, is online courses and subscriptions. I did mention this earlier, but I mean, say if you're a writer, you could offer a subscription-based service in order for people to access your writing, especially if you are a self-published artist. I know that Brooke Solis has done this. She has created one of those... Um, Patreon, that's what it's called. Sorry, I was having a bit of a, a blank moment there. But Patreon, she has a Patreon now and she's not the only creative to have done this. She is just one of the key creatives that I know of that has done this. She created a, a subscription-based service in order to access some of her writing. You know, especially if you are a self-published writer, that is a great way, a great way in order to encourage people to support your art in a monetary way. Another way is, of course, selling prints. If you're a photographer, a painter, a drawer, you know, you can sell your original works. If you're a painter or a drawer, not so much with a photographer. But selling prints is a really, really great way. And you don't even have to do anything for this. Sometimes you can outsource all of that. You can have it shipped directly from the print house. And 
It can just be a way of generating money that doesn't really take up too much of your time or energy. Of course, I have mentioned markets. Markets and in-person selling is amazing on so many levels. And other just little random things is like ebooks. Ebooks are very similar to having subscriptions or smaller, lower ticket items. You know, write an ebook, sell it for five bucks. You can do donation based video tutorials. I've seen a lot of artists do that, especially during COVID. They filmed themselves making their art and then encouraged people to just pay a donation that they felt comfortable with in order to access those videos or video, depending on how the structure was set up. Another thing too that a lot of artists forget about that is actually a really great way, particularly as an emerging artist, to help generate a little bit of income to get you going is grants. So many artists forget this. I know when I was studying at university, we did a little bit on it. One of my lectures particularly was actually amazing and had us write grant proposals. And it was a really wonderful exercise. And we also at the same time as uh, doing draft grant grant proposals were writing up pitches for different art competitions and applications and that kind of stuff because applying to artist competitions, artist residencies, and as well as for grants, that is such an underutilized area for a lot of artists, especially if you're more in the world of fine art rather than functional design. It's a great way to get out there. It's a great way to get out there to start establishing yourself in order to meet potential customers and clients. You know, many but not all will have prize money attached to them, exhibitions. Even if you're shortlisted, there's a good chance that you will be given some kind of exposure that you would never have gotten otherwise. And there's a number of different competitions that run NAVA. If you aren't familiar with NAVA and you're an Aussie, please, please, please go have a look at NAVA, N-A-V-A. They offer so much information on a lot of this stuff, but otherwise you can just Google. There are competitions that run within Australia. Some of them are state to state. Some of them are local, more like regional competitions. Some of them are Australia wide. There are ones for the Asia Pacific region. There are ones that are open globally. There's a lot of different things that you can look at. And so be sure to go and explore those because what have you got to lose? Some of them do cost a little bit of money to enter. Um, the usual submission fee that I have seen is somewhere between $30 and $50, but some of them don't cost you any money at all. You just write in your proposal or submit your artwork and wait to hear back. And so if you are an emerging artist, that's a wonderful way, wonderful, wonderful way to get your work out there, which of course is what you want because if you are not getting your work out there in some way shape or form and utilizing marketing because again it's that balance of marketing and making you got to make and you got to market and if you're not balancing those two things especially as a business owner things can get a little bit out of sorts I suppose would be the best way to put it because you can't be focusing so much on your marketing that you forget to make and then you don't have anything to sell. Same as you don't want to be making so much and forgetting to market that you end up with a whole backlog of work that isn't selling because you haven't marketed it to the right people in the right way. And so getting really clear on marketing your work is vital. 
But as far as how to make money as an artist, I feel like I've covered a number of different areas today because knowing where you're selling your work and who you're selling your work to, as well as how to price your items, they're the three key things that you need to get down pat in order to get started. But of course, you actually have to get started. <laughs> you can't just sit here and, I mean, it took me, I think, three months when I first designed my website in 2018 to design it and launch it. And since then, I've updated it twice. I like to kind of do it yearly, make it fresh. Sometimes I do a full rebrand. Other times I just, you know, move some of the content around and update all the, the copywriting so that it's in alignment for me for that year, update the photos, that kind of stuff. But, I mean, you can't just sit there endlessly 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 preparing yourself and you know getting all your ducks lined up so at some point you just got to dive in you just have to dive in and you have to start actually doing the thing and so I have total faith in you because it's all within the realm of possibility if you don't know any artists personally that are creating successful creative businesses have a look on social media I know I follow a whole bunch of great ones, so if you aren't following the Creative Code pod on Instagram, be sure to go and do that because I follow a whole bunch of amazing creatives over there. So go through the people that I follow. Um, also with that, be sure to check out my other business, which is Yen Ceramics, because that is actually what I do for a living. I make and sell my own pottery. And so I share a lot of this stuff also over on that account, of course, podcast is where I share a lot of this stuff but tidbits still come through on my other account. Now of course I hope, I really really do hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you got a lot out of this episode. If you did I would be so grateful if you left a review and star rating of your choice in iTunes. I mean hopefully five but above all be honest I would love to hear from you so leave a review reach out to me on Instagram I would love to hear and if you haven't be sure to go and check out the creative code for launching I will leave the link in the show notes that is my self-paced online course that dives into exactly how to build and launch your creative business. If you are just starting out, you're a little bit lost and you want to dive deeper into all the things that were mentioned in today's episode, plus all of the other things that you might need to know in order to build a successful creative business, then be sure to go and check that out because it has hours worth of content. I have structured it in such a way that it has blog content if you're a reader, it has audio content if you hate to read, and it also has video lessons that dive even deeper into things that you will need to know, as well as instructional how-to videos, like I go through some of the spreadsheets that you might need to know about, that kind of stuff that nobody tells you, nobody tells you. And so be sure to go and have a look at that. That's the creative code for launching. The link is in the show notes. In the meantime, I hope that you have the most beautiful day or evening wherever it is you are in the world. Until the next time, ciao.